Welcome to As Seen on Internet, Episode 9, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we could find. My name is Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is Amit Wadera. And coming up on today's show, we will talk about Google's restructuring into Google uh, and the new company Alphabet. Uh, we'll talk about a technology from Google that will determine if you are a good candidate for solar power. We're going to break down the latest in view count metrics news, everybody's most <laughs> exciting and favorite topic. And then finally, we're going to take the pain out of picking a bar to go to and be able to make it simple and easy. Uh, but first, it, it's been a little while, and it's because we both have had a couple big things going on in our lives. I moved uh, and took a trip to Europe, but that news pales in comparison uh, for young Amit. Amit, uh, what's been going on in your life, man? Yeah, we, uh, we had a we had a baby uh, on uh, July 28th. Thank you very much. A uh, little baby girl, um, Aria. She's been amazing yep. so far. What's she's, the sleep like? Sleep has been uh, a bit tough, but not too better. bad. It gets better. It gets better. Yeah. We're, I think right now we're waking up maybe like three times, two, three times a it's night. not bad. So not too bad. Listen, some listeners are going to kill you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, uh, she hasn't been crying at all, so yeah. it's been really good. You know, it's kind of kind of cool, you know, now to have a, a kid on social media. Yeah. Um, I think my my wife has an absolute ton of Facebook friends. I think she has over the maximum limit. Yeah, your wife's uh, quite popular on Facebook, <laughs> She's isn't quite she? popular, yeah. yeah. Uh, she has like over 5,000 friends now like she has to have <laughs> subscribers um, for her account so uh, it was interesting when she posted yeah. um, you know a, a picture of Aria that I think we had something like 1,500 likes oh my God. in like a day of the like broke the internet that day I'm happy I got like 300 <laughs> likes that engagement that's a 30% cool. engagement rate <laughs> it was quite a large <laughs> engagement rate yeah um, that's that's what wins on the internet yeah that's um, awesome I remember we, we had a shower for you today and we were trying to come up with uh, cool things for you <laughs> And one of our coworkers was like, I'm just going to scour his Facebook page and find a nice little photo for it <laughs> to print out. So, yeah, I remember when we had our kid, like, just put, I re- like, thinking about the post. Yeah. Like, just being so excited to break break that break news. Break the news. I know. It was insane. I out mean, to everybody, yeah. Now, like, my, my parents, like, basically never use Facebook or no. any of that. And now they're like... You have to post more pictures of Aria because we need more. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, I'll get your Facebook fix in. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you Google or research her name? Or you have you have a very unique name. Yeah. So uh, did you did you do anything in that any of the research? Yeah. To find um, that stuff out. I mean, so obviously the spelling of of Aria yeah. is A R Y A. Very, it's you know the same spelling as Arya Stark from yeah. Game of Thrones. So you know I'm not gonna lie that I didn't have any inspiration from when <laughs> I first heard that or I saw that spelling because uh, I always thought it was an Italian name. Yeah. It turns out that spelling is actually uh, an Indian name by origin. Huh. Uh, and it's actually a uh, the name of a, uh, a Hindu goddess, a different yeah. a different spelling or a different uh, name for a Hindu goddess. So I was like, wow, this is actually has Indian origins to it. <laughs> Um, and both of us loved the name, so we were like, okay. Yeah. We loved Arya Stark, so we're like, all right, so I didn't <laughs> let's even, do it. I, I'm not super into Game of Thrones, but I, like, I didn't even, that's the first time hearing that. I was like, oh, yeah, it is on there, which is funny because we did see that news story today. <laughs> Children in Britain are, are getting, being named Daenerys. Daenerys, Brienne, yeah. we saw. Arya was obviously a popular <laughs> one. I was like, well, at least I didn't name my daughter Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> All right, and on to the show. Let's start off with some amazing internet, some of the coolest things we've seen people uh, creating the last couple weeks. For me, it's got to be, I, I love, I, I feel like it's weird to call it old school rap. I think it's completely uncool to do that. But I love I love older rap, rap from the 80s and 90s. It's uh, my favorite channels on Google Play. is uh, It's called Jazz Hip Hop. And they've just – Google Play is awesome for curating their radio and you just yeah. upvote and downvote stuff. This has been you know the most amazing thing on there. So I was thrilled when uh, Straight Outta Compton was being uh, released and turned into a movie. Released this Friday. I think it won the box office. Did it? Destroy, yeah, I think it, I don't think there was much of maybe that Fantastic Four movie, which I heard was garbage. Sure, but, was amazing, yeah. <laughs> um, but they so it was out there, and to promote it, they did a really, really, really clever thing that that I liked, um, and they called it Straight Out of Somewhere. And so Straight Out of Somewhere was a you can call it a meme generator, uh, where you could take any photo you wanted and put straight out of. Wherever, right? Mm-hmm. So you saw them popping up right away, straight out of out of Cincinnati. I did me in a wizard costume <laughs> and did straight out of Tolkien for mine. You started to see I, our creative guy, Mark. I hope you're listening. Uh, he, he took a lot of heat on Facebook. He put um, straight out of ideas, which uh, which was really, really funny. He's one of the most That's creative. <laughs> he's one of the most creative men I know, and also is quite self-deprecating. But uh, he put it on there too. But um, they put this out there to generate so uh, so much uh, you know publicity out there. It was perfect because it gets that perfect element of what you want to do uh, in a promotion is make it personal. Yeah. Right. Like I was able to tell, make it funny and geeky about putting a wizard on there. Right. Mark was able to make it funny and self-deprecating. That was on there. They said the hashtag. I didn't go. I, I shared it on Facebook, but after downloading it, um, they said the the hashtag's been used about four hundred thousand times since the generator was wow. launched. And the generator site had nearly 6 million downloads by August 13th. And wow. so we're recording this on a Monday. August 13th was the Thursday, the day before the release, uh, which was absolutely insane. It was. Did you see any cool ones that were on there? Yeah, the, the one that I liked was obviously Game of Thrones as well. Um, it was, uh, there were, they had uh, uploaded character uh, photos um, uh, into the into the meme generator. And like they had, uh, you know, one of the kings, they had, you know, straight out of wine, uh, they had um, uh, Daenerys saying straight out of fire. Um, so I thought, you know, that was a cool, yeah. you know, kind of meme, memeified version of the meme. Yeah. Um, so that I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, 6 million downloads. It was an actually, actually cool thing. Uh, what's some of the amazing internet you saw this week, man? Yeah. You know, the one that I saw was um, was Google and they released something pretty cool called Project Sunroof. And um, what this is, it's really a push by Google to get people to evaluate if their if their home is a good candidate for solar power. Um, so what they do is that they use um, they use satellite imagery and Google Earth, and they are able to calculate your home and the percentage of sunlight that it gets huh. per year. So it will it can tell. Yeah. From your latitude, I'm trying to figure out, right? Is your latitude on there and just does it do cloud patterns? And yeah. Stuff so too? basically it uses kind of the weather patterns and, and then it uses how much shade, right. you know, your your home is basically getting throughout an entire Jeez. year. Yeah. And then it says, okay, this is um, this is uh, how much you could save if you switch to solar power. Huh. So it's trying to get people over that misconception that um, solar power is going to be too expensive for sure. them or they're not going to save any money from it. Um, so, you know, right now it only takes 10 seconds 
to evaluate your home. Yeah. Um, it's available in San Francisco, Boston, and Fresno as of the release today. San Francisco. I'm trying to figure out the strat. San Francisco, obviously, <laughs> Boston, and Fresno. Huh. Okay. Yeah. They said it's going to be coming out in more cities yeah. throughout the upcoming months. But um, this is a, definitely a cool way to get people um, you know, thinking about solar and, yeah. and, and making that conversion, especially if it hits them in the pocket, they're right. going to make that behavioral science, yep. uh, you know, method. They're going to move, they're going to move to whatever's cheapest. Yeah. yeah I, we, when we moved, um, I wasn't careful enough in putting the house up and I had to give up my nest. I'm so, I was so upset. Oh, Cause I like, got, I'm going to get nests. They're so cool. <laughs> it was so neat. Like I, it was, it was one of those things I'm sure I didn't get an extra $250 of offer by yeah. putting it on there. I should have just taken it down. But right. it was like one of those things that was nice to have. I love that thing. But just going back to what you were saying with that, the money, I would study the money and the year-over-year differences just like constantly on it and just calculate, oh, when am I going to break even on this thing? Mm-hmm. When, when is it going to come? It's so fun to figure out that that exact impact that was on there. Um, something else cool I saw uh, was going to uh, – trying to get this idea of community saving or, or saving – borrowing lending uh, in a social network. So this was a, a thing that it was called Monk. Uh, the, the URL is getmonkapp, uh, getmonkapp.com. And what it lets you do, um, they say that they, they had taken this uh, rotational savings and rotational borrowing concept from uh, communities all, all around the globe. And so what, you, what is rotational savings? So mean? the way I believe it is, is that you, you, you get a group of people in there. So let's say um, everybody that uh, lived in your freshman dorm, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get them all together. The, rather than having a bank come through and underwrite these people to determine who are credit worthy, you as a social network kind of figure out that, okay, yeah, these people are responsible enough to let lending in. So you kind of contribute into this pool of money against which other people in this social circle can borrow against. So mm-hmm. you put it in there and then they can kind of borrow against it and pay it back. Okay. Now, I don't think I'd want to do anything to the tunes of tens of thousands of dollars, but if I could lend to my friends you know, and for a, a better interest rate and they didn't have to pay a bank, they could pay me, this thing could work out incredibly well, mm-hmm. right? And think if you just set up the, the norms of a, if you kept it within a small community, the, the norms of kind of like social guidelines would kind of make you pay it back and stuff. So it just allows like, it's mm-hmm. it, a way to completely disrupt the banks. I don't know if it can scale to the tens of thousands of dollars, much less hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars, but it's a really cool kind of kind of neat little way uh, for people to How do much on there. Will they pay? Um, I think what I saw is that I think you earn like a five percent interest rate, which is obviously uh, that's pretty good for way, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously way, way, way more uh, than you'd be making on most things um, that's on there. Um, I think that the whole thing is, you know, five percent on a couple hundred bucks isn't sure. gonna send you to the Cayman Islands to retire. Right? <laughs> it's just a nice little bit of money, but um, kind of a cool concept. And, and I think whether or not it works, just the idea of breaking down. We're going to talk a little later on about something Facebook did to disrupt some of the financial models that are out there. Um, but it, it's just kind of an interesting way to get uh, people used to that. So uh, let's go on to our, our, our next uh, thing. What, uh, you know, in addition to amazing internet, we love the site, the product called Product Hunt. Uh, every day, we even start to hear it work every day. <laughs> I, I find a way, like the coolest product hunt that, that's on there um, and get them uh, to put them in. What's the coolest product hunt uh, that you saw the next couple or over the last week or so? Yeah, um, the, the first one that I saw um, is going to be very relevant in the upcoming weeks yes. um, for basically all the guys and girls that are into football. Um, this one is called Draft Smarts. 
Um, and it's an app that gives you the tools to basically algorithmically determine what your fantasy football team should be. And then even during your draft, um, you kind of input kind of what your your draft uh, settings are. Draft smarts. Draft well, actually, no, smarts. let's not let's not give out the URL because I'm sure <laughs> to make you guys Google it and find it. Yes. Um, and, and what they do, they have a a, a proprietary algorithm um, used to value players. Yeah. Um, and then basically during the draft, you can say, okay, these people are drafted, and then it gives you a contextual player that you should be drafting uh, next in order to win your league. Huh. So it kind of it kind of should be breaking away from um, what the current ranks that the fantasy experts say, yeah. and they give you suggestions based on um, player availability value based on yeah. the position so hopefully i'm going to try to use it this year yeah. for some of uh for some of our drafts and and see you know how well it does yeah. <laughs> every time somebody walks into a draft with a magazine they picked up <laughs> off the gas station like on the way there i'm just like thank you for your money sir <laughs> exactly. you, you are done like that not only was that written months ago by some hack writer it was um it, it's just not contextualized to your league and what I liked right. about this is you change each of the scoring settings like mm-hmm. when you're when you're down in those you know fifth six round picks and you got to figure out which person is different like the value of, of some of these guys is incremental my my secret is always been to pick people that are high on variance mm-hmm. because it's like so you always pick people that'll pop so their average might be you know about the right. average of somebody else but I like the people that have big bust big, out huge weeks, games. big, big yeah. bust out weeks that's always been my strategy uh, to do it on there so that's a cool one that's called we will share it because uh we're in the public sector. This is draft <laughs> smarts. And so would love to hear if you're using this for your draft. Uh, mine's not for a couple more weeks still. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to try it too yeah. and have it up there as another thing to do. What about you? What would you find? This one, um, you know, I'm not much of a bar hopper these days. Um, <laughs> but I thought this was super cool because I remembered, you know, you'd be going out and it'd just be like, where are we going to go? And trying to, you know, find an, another place. This is called Bar Roulette. Bar Roulette is a combination of Uber and Yelp. And what, what I believe they did, I think they had they got the APIs to both of these sort of things and created a new product or service that integrates the two of them. So what Bar Roulette does is you're out. Um, it's, you say, find me a bar. And it picks you a really highly rated bar. doesn't tell you what it's going to be. Picks a bar huh. and then sends an Uber to come pick you up. Oh, so, okay, cool. you're, st- you're standing at Wrigley Field. Um, and you want to go out, so you order bar roulette, and Uber just shows up and picks you up, right? And then it takes you somewhere, and then when you get to the location, it goes, congratulations, you're going to whatever right. the cool bars are these days. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of like this nice way. So it's kind of fun. It makes it an era surprise. What I like about it, too, is that it just gets everybody in, and you just get go and get moving rather than... That's pretty cool. Yeah. You could definitely see how bars could, you know, uh, pay to... Uh, you know, integrate their their services with theirs. Yeah. They could offer specials. They could offer um, you know discounts on on if you come with more than a few people. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a a pretty cool uh, integration. There. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's like everybody uses Yelp to look up bars. Everybody tries to find a place to go, but this just goes okay. You know, you're going to go to a good one. You know, just get get, right. get you there and just not have to make. It's making the decisions hard. You don't want to <laughs> piss off the person who's going to complain about they right. don't like. Uh, they don't like it or whatever. So. Plus, it gets you to explore the city. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yep. So that one's called Bar Roulette. And this has been fun a minute, but we had uh, some news. So let's get on to the big tech news you need to know of the week. The biggest tech news um, was an announcement from Google and completely blowing up 
the company and changing what they're doing. And we'd be remiss if we didn't lead with it. Uh, so let's change from bar roulette talk to <laughs> the big story of the week. I mean, Google, go ahead. Yeah, so Google, um, they are no longer called Google anymore. Um, the, the parent company is now called Alphabet. Alphabet. This is a cool name, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think they, they called it? Well, Alphabet they, they, for? they called it, I like how they explained it in the blog post. Um, Alphabet, because what did he say? Ah, oh, I forget the exact language. I think Larry said it was, um, it's a collection of symbols. I'm going to, I'll let you explain it. I'm yeah. going to know the exact thing. But the also, the other thing is, um, alpha being in the stock market, a, the return ab- above the average thing, and then mm. bet being an actual bet. So oh, they combined okay. a couple like little stock market things. And I remember cool. I still have my code for for the IPO that happened 11 years ago now, 11 years ago now. And uh, they, I remember them saying, like, we are not going to be a conventional company. We're going to do right. things different and forget about you, <laughs> Wall Street guys. We're going to do whatever. So I'm, I'm going to look up what he said about the alphabet. Go ahead and cover cool. this. So, so alphabet um, is basically now it's going to be a conglomerate of companies. So the largest of which is still going to be Google. You know, that's the largest subsidiary. Um, the CEO of, of Google is going to be Sundar Pichai. Um, we've talked about Sundar uh, a couple of times. Um, he's the during man. During our I.O. coverage, he was yeah, very Yeah, he was very instrumental yeah. during the, the I.O. coverage. He's basically run Chrome, the Android applications, and now basically he has taken over Search as well. Um, Larry and Sergey, they're going to be running Alphabet um, along with the CFO. Um, and then the subsidiaries under Alphabet are all of the larger projects that Google has been working on. So I thought this list was interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Google X. Um, so, so these then, are a list of wholly owned, some of the wholly owned subsidiaries yeah. that fall under Alphabet. So Correct. much like, uh, for example, Berkshire Hathaway owns a whole bunch of different yep. sub companies out of there. These yep. are wholly owned subsidiaries that roll into Alphabet. Okay, what, what are some of them? Yeah, so we have Google X, we have Google, that the, what we formerly knew as as the search engine, and this includes YouTube. Um, we have Google Fiber, um, the uh, project to get come um, to Chicago. Gig, gig, uh, what was it? Gigabit internet yeah. um, to everywhere. Um, we have Google Ventures, Google Capital, um, Coleco. And then their recent purchase of of the Nest products yeah. as well. Yeah. So all these – I thought it was interesting that they rolled – because the whole point of this is to roll these companies up and then take big bets and allow them to all report independently. But they kept YouTube mm-hmm. within Google. I think it's probably just because Google and YouTube are kind of such intertwined at this point. With their ad revenue model. With their ad revenue. Yeah. It's it's content basically, right? Yep. So, you know, I could see how that um, those two kind of fall with within one another. The other ones are definitely wholly different businesses, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, the, the, the big question is, you know, why did they do yeah. this at this time? When you read their – when you read their – every single tech outlet – has been beating this apart. The why, why, why? Mm-hmm. If you were a tech pundit, man, this was your day to be on CNBC for the entire <laughs> week, right? And then I read the announcement. I read all the coverage. You know, like I feel like they just told you everything in the coverage, right? Do yeah. you, I feel like. Do you feel like they were telling us what they were doing? Do you feel like they were trying to hide anything? Like no. the, the one, the why of it? I mean, personally, I don't think that they were trying to hide anything. I think what they're trying to do is really. I think they know what they have in Google. Yeah. And I think you know. Larry and Sergey, you know, they want to transform the world again. Yep. And I think with their moonshot division and their health 
division. I think what they need to do is give the the CEOs of those companies kind of more control, more autonomy to yeah. kind of run those companies as literal companies and not just a division within Google. Yeah. And there's, you know, the politics of Google and um, the Berkshire know, kind of, model, the GE model. Exactly. That, yep. Exactly. And, and now those CEOs are now responsible for, um, you know, running that business successfully. And They'll ha- still have to ask for funding, yep. Um, but I think that they're going to have much more control over the success and failure of, of what they're doing. Yep. Um, and and something about that CEO title, huh? Is something about that <laughs> CEO title, um, you know? And it's going to be a, a way to bring in more talent um, yeah. from from other companies. If you have an option to now be a CEO of basically a startup within Alphabet, um, you know, that's very attractive. Um, and, and I think this allows Google now to place their bets mm-hmm. on a lot of different things, keep the core product of Google safe, and then who knows, maybe one out of 10, one out of 100 becomes another billion-dollar company yep. and that they could yep. incorporate. They could incorporate it back into Google. They could spin it off. Yep. They could still run it. So I think this offers them a lot more yep. flexibility. Some of the cool coverage I saw, and I, you know, this, is, this is speculation and opinion here, uh, is is kind of what they were the politics of this. So imagine Larry were were to quit, right, mm-hmm. and go. You know, everyone wants to just become a VC after they. Speaking very general terms here, but just become <laughs> a VC after they do that. For him to do this, like it would have been, you know, I bet if they were to make the announcement that he were leaving to go do something else, and he still had that same, you know, he's got that vision to change right. the world through technology, right? So he's going to do it however he wants to do it. But if he were to, you know, quote unquote, quit Google and then start his own VC firm, still doing the same work he wanted to do, it would shake up that whole company. So mm-hmm. somebody speculated that this is kind of how Larry becomes a VC mm-hmm. um, without actually becoming a VC, right? He can go do this sit on top of it, dole out the money, uh, be able to move all these resources around and not shake it up. And he did so. You can kind of tell that they've been, uh, you know, grooming uh, Sundar for, for a long time to do this. The, the other the other thing I heard with speculation was um, that it was uh, kind of Sundar and then Vic Gundotra who left Google mm. last year sometime. Yeah. It was like the two of them kind of going. And uh, Vic, you know, responsible for Google Plus and, and the, the the myriads up and up and now downs of that. Um, this is kind of how you know Sundar built built his built his stuff brick by, brick yeah. by brick and did very well. If you talk to people uh, with inside Google, they love this man. He's yeah. just very. I think somebody said, maybe was reading an article like he's unbelievably intelligent, and you never feel that you're being spoken down yeah. to by them, even though you know this guy's. I think that's his circles key around that, you. Yeah, Google has a ton of. <laughs> unbelievably like yeah. brilliant people that work there but i think it's his uh you know relatability and the way that he handles his teams people want to work for him yep. and i think that's why he's succeeding so much within those ranks and and he's passed over people you know you know that have been there much longer than him and, yep. and it's really a testament to what he's built over there yep it's interesting i'm wondering also so i came uh began my career in general electric and the big thing there was uh, about talent was allowing talent to be really really liquid so if you've ever seen um 30 rock you know how jack donaghy came from the microwaves division this Mm -hmm. is back when ge owned nbc he came from the microwaves division to run nbc right it's not that far off (laughs) from from the way some some things did so they would have their talent move around and do all these different ones versus uh berkshire hathaway i believe is really notorious for locking their talent kind of in their thing so i'm wondering you know working in calico or working in google ventures or nest or whatever it is are you going to be able to float around 
the d- different alphabet mm. kind of holding companies uh, to be a part of them uh, to go do it. So it's a super, super interesting development from them. Um, we'll hear also, it'll be interesting to see how they report out earnings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just going to right? I was just going to say that. Are they going to lift the veil kind of on on how some of these subsidiaries are performing? I think that'll they've been notoriously uh um you know, they've been notoriously hiding some of the the subscription numbers on YouTube and and some of the other things. So, I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, are they going to be a little bit more transparent in this new in this new model? Yep. Yeah. So super interesting move uh, by Google or I'm sorry, by Alphabet. Alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> super interesting move by Alphabet uh, uh, to, to go out and run it there. Uh, more to come on that uh, and, the, and the new technologies that they're we going had, after. There was a, a really cool thing that came out on, on Facebook yeah. today. Uh, tell us a little bit about what this, did they do? This was a, um, you know, in the world of tech, you have to file patents early and often um, in order to lock things down to prevent people from trolling you or suing you. So you see patents released by companies and sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a defense for the future. But there's also really interesting ones that are on there. So this was a, a Facebook patent. And some of the stuff that that were part of this patent, it was uh, a patent that could help filter spam emails. Well, that's well and great. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, help filter offensive content. And we don't want that. Help improve searches. Okay, everything. Typical Facebook patent. And then the big one, a patent that allows lenders, banks and others, lenders to use your social habits to determine a credit approval. And so what this patent went on uh, to explain, according to the Next Web reporting on this, this patent explains that if you apply for a loan, your lender could potentially check out the credit rating of your Facebook friends. The average credit rating of your friends then collectively needed to be a minimum credit score for your loan to be approved. All right, so let's suspend (laughs) moral judgment here, right? And like, let's move our... Let's just look at it from a pure technology, no people involved kind of business here. What, what are they thinking business-wise on why they're doing this? Remove people out of it for a second. Yeah. You know, I think when they often say that when you're physically in a location, that the people around you have very similar um, income yep. levels, education levels, um, you know, it's very similar demographics. I think I've read studies. If your friends are obese, you're more likely to be obese. Yeah. If your friends smoke, these are logical yeah, conclusions. Are logical you're more likely things. to smoke. So I think now they're, Facebook is, is taking it to a virtual place yeah. as well. So, um, you know, I'm sure that when they say, um, are they going to look at all of your friends to make this collective decision? What yeah. if you have a thousand friends and they're scattered all over? Your wife the world? is screwed. I know five thousand <laughs> friends. You're never getting them on the Um So I'm sure that there's going to be some more filters that they put into place. Maybe it's your very close friends that they look at. Yeah. Um, but I think this is something that I think is very is an untapped potential yep. within Facebook. I mean, we've we've seen it time and time again. Facebook is like an amazing place where people willingly enter in all this personal information about themselves. Yeah. Um, they have photos about themselves, just unbelievable. And they, they're willing to do it. On yeah. no other site um, does somebody put in that much personal information about themselves. And from a underwriting perspective, yep. um, this is a goldmine. Right. Um, so, you know, this is... This is something that insurance companies could use, yep. uh, loan companies could use, banks, you know, anyone that needs to make a financial decision yep. on you. Um, instead of maybe going to a credit company, yep. 
you know, they could maybe just go straight to Facebook and make that decision within seconds or at least use it as another input. Yep. So let's continue to suspend the personal privacy issues. We'll get to them, (laughs) beloved listeners. We'll get to them. I just want to kind of break this down and why this is a thing before we get into the the actual nuts and bolts of implementing it. Um, The other thing that's super cool is you think about the way insurance is run. Like right now, I am in an insurance pool for my car insurance with people who drive like complete assholes, you know, like the (laughs) ones that are going to get in a wreck. And I'm a very safe driver, but I'm in that same insurance pool because it's the only way uh, an underwriter could kind of look at it. It would benefit, like if implemented properly, it would benefit people who took appropriate risks who are now getting overcharged for a premium that, right. that they shouldn't be a part of. I, like, I know I'm paying for crap mm-hmm. that, that, I, that I don't need to, to pay for. So there's, I see why they're doing this. You know, it's a patent. They, they haven't put it into place. They haven't said how they're going to implement it yet. Now, all right, let's get to the hard part. Does this freak you out? Oh, freak you out. yeah, totally. <laughs> right? Because you all know, I bet like if you wanted to look at your list, I, I can, I know who you idiots are. I could pick a hundred <laughs> of you I want out of my friends list right now. <laughs> I want to out just because I know they would plunge my credit score straight. Yeah, right. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's definitely scary um, <laughs> to see that 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 a financial decision could be made based on who you click, friend. Yeah. Um, you know, is that going to? How much of it of that decision is going to weigh into into the final credit decision? Yeah. I think that is going to be kind of the uh, uh, an interesting way. Yeah. Uh, that it's going to be implemented, you know, I think people are going to have to give some sort of a discount maybe at first in order to use this, or maybe it'll just get used underneath the covers yeah. and people won't have any idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be some sort of algorithm though, that looks in your close friends versus, yeah. um, um, and, and maybe those that you live very, very closely to versus just anyone. Yeah. Some idiot that you met at a conference. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I told you, we were watching the Hawks game a couple weeks when the Blackhawks were in the playoff. And I was having a great conversation with a guy at a bar. And I was like, hey, is it cool if I had you on Facebook? This guy could screw me the next, <laughs> <laughs> next time I tried to get a loan then. So yeah, we, we had talked about this uh, years back yeah, yeah. as kind of a, an innovation. Um, uh, and it's kind of cool to see it finally coming into effect, but I yep. mean, you know, you and I had thought of, of, of using some of this data, um, for, for an underwriting decision. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to see that it's, yeah. um, it might actually get, get used. It would be, it's, it's one of the, I have privacy issues with it, but at the same time, I kind of want to pay lower prices on stuff. I just know that there's idiots in my insurance pool that are pushing <laughs> my premiums up higher that right. I would love to not be in the same Right. kind of group with right so yeah it would be it's an interesting thing we'll see what they do with it there's certainly no doubt that this is on there this also goes back now maybe they should just buy uh monk the company we talked at the top of the show <laughs> with the same thing so maybe i mean maybe it could just be a way that they're not doing it but they're creating an analog channel for loans or even perhaps micro loans for this type of stuff um to do it like what if we could disrupt Maybe not all of banking, but disrupt payday lending with right. this, right? What, yeah. what if you just do like the little one where people are getting charged, I don't know, I hear 20, 30% interest sure. on, on some of these things on there uh, to go do it. So su- super interesting thing for that. So now I <laughs> joked at the top of the show, 
uh, news around view count, but I swear this is important <laughs> news it, 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 for a couple reasons. So two pieces of news um, around uh, view counts for both YouTube and Facebook. Uh, what, what's the one uh, that you got to admit? So yeah, YouTube um, is going to remove the 301 plus. Explain the yeah, view explain count. explain when you get that. So um, I'm sure so it, we've gotten it, a billion calls from clients. It, exactly. Yeah, as as a digital strategist, this is one that that we get quite a quite a few times. Um, client will put a um, a viral video up on YouTube, and um, you know our teams want to know, hey Amit, hey Ben, how how uh, how many views does this video have? And you know we'll go to our YouTube link, and it'll say three hundred one plus. It'll say it for like days. It'll say it for days, exactly. <laughs> and and so what, I mean the whole team's freaking out because they yeah you know, they're like oh my gosh we only had three hundred views. <laughs> no, this is an amazing video. Just chill. But they, so, they blocked it. Yeah. So what three hundred one plus actually means? Um, so once you hit 301 views um, within YouTube, YouTube basically halts um, the external publication of how many views that you have. And what they're doing on the back end is algorithmically looking at um, what they consider a real view and what they consider a spam view. Yep. Um, and it takes them, or it used to take them, um, you know, sometimes a day, sometimes a couple of days to basically figure that out. And, um, and, and since view counts are basically the entire business behind YouTube and that's You're an, how YouTube they... YouTube influencer and this is what puts food exactly. on your Exactly. I mean, th- this is, this is, this is hard money right here that we're talking about. They need to get this view completely accurate. Um, so, so what they've done now, they basically determine this algorithm. They've been able to cut down the time um, that it takes them to determine what are what's yeah. spam, what's real, and they're able to do it now in real time. Um, and so now this 301 plus is a thing of the past. And yeah. now when you go to YouTube and you see the view count, it's going to be the real view count, the accurate view count um, that they've determined. Yeah. Um, and and YouTube has kind of more of a strict definition of what. Um, a view actually is. Um, so what you what you know is that the views that you see are true views, people that have actually been engaging um, with that content. Um, and you know, for a business that that sells ads based on that content, you know, getting that view count is absolutely critical. Not only for the people receiving the revenue, but yeah. for the marketers as well, paying the ad. The ad. And content. we're seeing it in earn too. Like you'll always see a media outlet pick up the number of views. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had that's, <laughs> that's whether, news in and of itself, <laughs> whether or not, con- you know, we all, you work in this, you, you know, what's a good number or whatever, but sometimes, you know, the news will come on. It's already received 65,000 views. <laughs> You're like, that's not that much. Right. But you know, versus like a million or something in seven digits. But that number is so critical, not only for you know making the money off the ads, but just that perception of it. It's sure. always dropped as to as to what is a, a particular video that's on there. So I'm glad that 301 is going away. Uh, that'll be something we look back at and laugh <laughs> uh, for a while. And there was another kind of related story. Look, view, view counts are everything. I, th- I feel like when those numbers first came out, it was almost like a vanity metric. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it is guiding probably tens of millions of dollars, not yeah, hundreds of definitely. millions of dollars, right? The, this particular number. So Facebook, um, you know, we're hearing more and more that Facebook videos are performing well. And they, they do perform very, very well. Well, a, a man named Hank Green took to Medium uh, to post what we could call a rant, I guess, but it was also a really well-written rant, a, a great article about um, how uh, how Facebook counts video views. So Hank Green is a producer of video content, uh, says he has about 30 employees, full-blown studio, 
And the reason why these numbers are coming up so high is because they count a Facebook view after three seconds Correct. versus YouTube counts after. It's a rough, it, it's not hard set in stone, but it's usually around 30 seconds. Around 30 seconds. Yeah. So you can see there's probably a bit of a drop off yeah. between <laughs> three and 30. Lots of times you're just scrolling through something too and it'll right. pop up and you're like, where the hell is that noise coming from? It takes you three minutes to three seconds to find right. where to turn it off or whatever. But um, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of, you know, a, a big deal that, that they're doing this. So just something to keep in mind, not all views are created, even though it's the exact same name, right? Video mm-hmm. views are views. Uh, not all views are created equal and, and you got to kind of take them with context that's on there. Uh, another story we found in the world of Twitter, uh, a couple things on Twitter. So we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about Project Lightning. Project Lightning being the editor, the human editor-driven content uh, curation around a particular news story. Uh, well, what they started seeing, uh, people had a dedicated news tab showing up across the bottom of your screen. So you log on to the app. See if you see it on. See if you have it on your. I don't have it. You don't have it. I don't have it on the Android yet phone yet. But they had. Uh, screenshots on this Engadget article reporting, um, and it would bring up publishers and also user tweets related to it. So uh, particular events going on, you'll get all the New York Times Mashable stuff that's on there, and then also people tweeting about it. The big difference is that it's populated algorithmically Mm. versus we talked about Project Lightning. They're hiring a news editor to kind of do this. Um, so I think this all goes back to how do you get your mom on Twitter, right? Your mom <laughs> knows what's, you know, mom knows Twitter. Every single right. show she watches has a hashtag and blah, 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 but she's not using it, right? right. So this is another strategy to, to do it. Why do you think they're doing this alongside a lightning? I mean, I think it's it's something where, you know, they're using the power of their community versus, you know, a human yeah. or a news editor that's going to selectively choose. I wonder if it's... You, I'm sorry, to, to cover more articles, more I think stories? so, and I think they're going to judge basically based on how people are engaging with yeah. this particular story or not. Um, yeah, I think it should definitely help new users get on. I mean, yeah. Twitter is a hard platform right. to get used to, yeah. um, and, and and the the value only really comes if you've built that curate, curated list. Yep. Um, if you haven't, it's just like a cacophony yep. of like tweets and pictures and jokes and news coming by. So, um, you know, I I think looking at this, this one tab on your phone, I believe, you know, very quickly you'll be able to see, okay, what's really interesting because even the, the trending topics, you know, a lot of times when you see a trending topic, you have no idea what that trending topic is about. And it's something that maybe only lasts five minutes. Yep. Um, or it may be something that lasts, you know, an entire week. Right. Um, and, and <laughs> what, really what did we important. say that with that meeting this morning? What's somebody's like? Oh, you uh, first day of school is trending, and then a <laughs> couple people in the room were like, <laughs> like, "Yeah, it's been trending for like a month." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> the trend that never does. Um, so you know, I I think that this is definitely going to help. Is it going to be the holy grail of what they're looking for? Yeah. I have no idea. They need to just take some bets and then kind of learn on it and stuff. There's another great uh, article uh, from Wired. Uh, Wired asks, everybody's trying to figure out what next uh, for Twitter, who's going to be the CEO, all this stuff. Wired asks the question, is Twitter's future customer service? Which is interesting, right? Because <laughs> we all know, um, we've all had this experience. I, uh, one of my favorite ones was uh, tweeting towards a retailer who got back to me very, very quickly and helped me during an identity theft issue. You, when you're pissed off, 
you go to Twitter to ask a question, right? And um, they, they Wired uh, looked at, I believe, Social Bakers ran the numbers on this. Uh, and they found that 80% of questions people ask on businesses are on Twitter. So uh, look at all the questions people ask on social. 80% of those questions um, that people are asking on businesses are on Twitter versus 20 on 20% on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's where you go to spout off at a business. So um, they know that people are going to use it. Everybody hates a 1-800 number, mm-hmm. right? So they're kind of using it for this. So is this – they can make customer service better for not only people – but also employees, right? Can can they then use that uh, to get into in, into other things? Can they use that to be their hook to get your mom there, right? If mm-hmm. you imagine, my mom knew she could reconcile all her problems by going on Twitter. I bet right. she she'd start an account. I mean, the the I think the question here is, are they too late? Uh, um, you know, basically, when when kind of social media for business started, you know, all of all of the strategists basically. Um, you know, use Twitter for customer service. Um, you know, did did Twitter develop tools and applications to help people like us right. uh, develop that that process better? You know, one could argue probably not, yep. or it took them too long for them to finally make this decision. Facebook has um, an entire business section now, yeah, and yeah. And, and people can directly email uh, an admin. Um, from the Facebook page, so I think that's that's the real question. Is it too little, too late at this yeah, point? Yeah. Um, so you know, time will tell again. Yeah. I still the one thing I make um, my students do is, <laughs> as this is a good. This is a good. As, this is my favorite. <laughs> Uh, much like Twitter, I've tried and experimented with a bunch of different ways to make things cool. And uh, one of the questions that, that I developed for my class at, De- at DePaul University, where I'm an adjunct professor, is I asked them to go get customer service from a company on Twitter. And every time, like reading the responses that you can just see like their eyes light up. It felt so cool to say a company. I was so pissed when a company didn't do blah, blah, blah. Like they people really love that that, that one-on-one customer service. And you don't know what it's like until you experience it, and then you know, kind of the whole world changes for you. You know, let's you know, let's actually do a little experiment here, right. listeners. <laughs> if you haven't ever had customer service through Twitter, this week go out and for a a, a brand that you like, or if you have an issue with something, um, go out there and tweet at tweet at that brand and and report back to us. Yeah. Email us at, at either. Ben Foster, Ben.Foster at Ketchum.com or Amit.Wadera at Ketchum.com. Tell us what your experience was like and, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll read some of the the good yeah. experiences yeah. the next time we do a podcast. Yeah. It is it is a cool experience. It doesn't have to be negative. Don't come up with a fake excuse. Nobody yeah. likes those people. Do positive ones. Positive ones make you feel good uh, as well, too. Um, well, you made customer service really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's close on a high note here. Let's sure. um, close. This was some really cool. You know, I was at an award show for one of our clients um, a couple months ago, and I ran into this. One of our clients was there um, with her husband, really nice guy, and we were talking and you know, cocktail party. What do you do? Blah blah blah. And he's like, I work for Apple Special Projects. I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. He's like, <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm a really nice guy. I literally can't tell you anything. So let's just talk about other stuff. I was like, Oh, he was the nicest way to, to tell me to bug off. Uh, that was on there. And so we have news out of this group. I don't know if this is what he's working on or not, but this the secretive special project group. Somebody somebody cracked the code on him and met what they yeah. They so so. This is a special project. I don't know if this a is special the project. special project. <laughs> but um, Apple, uh, the the Guardian uh, came out with some news that Apple is building a self-driving car. 
in Silicon Valley, and they are scouting for locations um, out of their. Uh, they're calling it Project Titan, and they're scouting locations in, in the in the Bay Area. Is that one of the, um, to the test moon it. names? Yeah, yeah. There's I think it's Saturn. Names? I believe. Yeah. Dad, yeah. can you get back to me on that? Titan? Go <laughs> Hopefully, ahead. they're not building. <laughs> they're not bringing back the Saturn. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, the, their their car is is further along than, than huh. anyone has really expected at this point. So they're kind of putting them into the the group of Google and and Tesla and and now Apple is is building a self driving car. Yeah. Um. So they 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 met with this is the Guardian broke this story. Yeah, right? the Guardian broke this story. So um the the some of the the people from this special project um they met with officials from. Gomentum Station, which is a 2100-acre former naval base in San Francisco, um, and that's being turned into a, a high-security uh, testing ground um, for autonomous vehicles. So we got who's in this? Who's in this race? We got Apple. Who else is in this race now for Google. self-driving cars? Yeah, Google, uh, Apple, that was part of their moonshots, and then Tesla, Tesla as well. Yep, I'm taken to. I saw. I remember the f- first times I went to South by Southwest. I saw. A man named Jaron Lanier. He um, has gotten credited for developing some of the original virtual reality stuff that's on there. Super interesting man. Plays all these amazing instruments um, from Asia and talks a lot about the future. And um, he talks very clearly. He said something that I'll never forget. He goes, a self-driving car is a moral imperative. Self-driving hmm. cars are more imperative. Cars are dangerous. They Everything, are. you know, like my, my wife, I go to get on a plane. She's like, you know, be safe. I was like, no, you're way more likely to die <laughs> taking the kids to school than I am on a plane. It's right. just everything I compare to whether or not we drive in a car. But cars are dangerous. They're, they're wonderful, amazing devices, but they're dangerous. But he says it's a moral imperative that we do this, right? Yeah. These things are coming. Yeah. So we got Google. We got Apple. We got Tesla, right? Well, what are these companies going to – what do you think they're going to do better, differently – what were you t- well, also- you know, you know, Apple is gonna whatever car they build. I bet it's gonna be beautiful. Uh, that yes, is one hundred percent true. Some concept car these out. Apple's is gonna be pretty white, or maybe come in rose gold. <laughs> rose gold <laughs> for an extra hundred yeah, grand. Yeah. Um, Google's is probably going to be um, very efficient. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be probably minimalistic. Yeah. And it'll get the job done with probably little to no flair. Yeah. Um, Tesla. I mean, Gosh, what, yeah, Tesla's is cool. I want that, that one's S, just so, going to yeah. be cool. It's yeah. probably just going to be super cool. Every time I see a Model S, I just, I've, they all look the same. They're, <laughs> it's not as flashy as, uh, you know, a fancy car or anything, but I just stop and stare at it every single time. And, and then you can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was an interesting thing that happened with, with Tesla um, a couple of weeks ago during, when they announced their earnings, um, one of the analysts flat out asked Elon Musk, Musk, um, are you going to have a partnership with Uber and are they going to buy your self-driving car? And the funny thing, it was basically Elon Musk had the longest awkward pause and it probably said more than anything that he, any answer that he possibly could have given. It was almost like 10 seconds. Um, you know, Maybe he was on mute. I don't think he was on mute because his, just on mute, guys. his follow-up answer, maybe he was getting a hand signal from his lawyer yeah. um, that was there. And basically he said, I cannot discuss anything that you just asked oh, wow. about. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Uber Uber is definitely going to get into this space. That yeah. is that is 100% certain. It's just, you know, 
which company are they going to go with? Yeah. Or are they going to develop something on their own? Yeah, but I just, oh, man, before. I remember long trip. They were long when I was a kid. It was like maybe two hours from my grandma's and grandma's house. And just being able to like put it on autopilot and like <laughs> not have to deal with it and just get there. Because if it were self-driving, in an ideal world, you could probably drive a lot faster too. You could get probably. there a lot faster if probably. you didn't have any people in front of it or whatever. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see. This is obviously coming to the tune of billions and billions and billions. So you mentioned Google. Apple, Apple, Tesla. Yeah, only one of which is an actual real life car company at this point. That's Google, right? Uh, well, I guess I, yeah. Well, a real life car sold. company, yeah, yeah. Tesla. Google at least has, Google has a prototype. Has a prototype yeah. that they said that actually could work on the highway. It could actually work on the highway a couple of years ago. Where do they fall into Alphabet? They're going to be a part of X, right? I think it was the part of X. Part of X. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So really interesting to see. I think this is going to be probably the next. Yeah. You know, biggest revolution that we're going to see yep. in the next five it's years. Interesting that there's no traditional car companies on there, and I haven't heard I know, any speculation uh, of any of that are coming it's out. Going to disrupt that. <laughs> oh boy, cool. Well, that wraps up today's show, episode nine of As Seen on Internet. Uh, my name is Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is Amit Wadera. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show, guys. If you want to do a couple things to help us out, thanks to everyone who's been leaving five-star reviews. I've seen a bunch of them come in. They trick them in nicely. Uh, they help with a couple things. They, they help get us on top of some of the discovery networks so that people can be recommended to it. Uh, and they also help us feel good about what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really like doing this. So uh, please keep it up. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. If you have any questions for the show, you can email me, ben.foster at catchem.com or admit, admit.wadera at catchem.com. Uh, we also started a Facebook page, as seen on internet, where we share this bite-sized news out constantly throughout the week. Uh, so feel free to, to follow that page um, just to get the, the nice, fun, interesting tech news stories that make your job and life better. Have a great one, everybody, and we'll hear from you soon. That was a good show. Yeah.